What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning back into the Millennium Panor Network to the show entitled Rumble Young Man Rumble with me, your host, Vincent Olumal Kun Fadanipo, better known as Olu. Today on the episode, we dive into it with Raymond Genio, better known as Running with Raymond. And we talk about how he went from creating drinks at Starbucks to creating his own independent production company that's producing for some of the top brands out there. We talk about how he went from being a local San Jose kid to pursuing his dreams in New York City, the Big Apple. And we also talk about how his journey in entrepreneurship has taught him so much about what the next steps lead to. If you'd like to learn more about the brand or me, follow us on Instagram at millennialpreneur.us or my personal Instagram, Olumaku, O-L-U-M-A-Y-O-K-U. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. Millennial Panua Podcast. It is your host, Olu. Straight out of Los Angeles, California today. We have someone raining from the East Coast, but he's actually from the West Coast. Um, this gentleman I met in, what is it, 2012? 2012, yeah. 2012, August. August uh, was the St. John's Bay Area meetup. So we were going to school to go spend a whole bunch of money. <laughs> uh, we were taking the opportunity to get, you know, out of our perspective situations and increase our footprint. And, you know, we were dreamers and still are at the moment. It's funny that we met on the West Coast, traveled to the East Coast, went to school together. Had a great time that first year in Henley, though. Yeah. She was crazy. Had a blast. <laughs> uh, back to the intro. This gentleman, you may have seen him on YouTube. You'll see him on social media. N- now you're seeing him doing ceramics. We'll get into that too. And he's pro- he's gonna take over that lane as well. Uh, but the one, the only, Raymond Eugenio. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, it's Raymond Eugenio. Raymond Eugenio. Um, so the other handle was like running with Raymond. Uh, mm-hmm. And what was the other handle that you had? Ray Amazing. Yeah, Ray Amazing was good. <laughs> Ray Amazing was the <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah. That's that's when he was running the clothes and said, oh, cuz. That was a fun time of my life. That was, you know, I, I now call it the artist formerly known as Ray Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro, you're fully reformed and shit. That's it like com- you, it comes out sometimes. That's though. like when you go to rehab. <laughs> You're like formally known. It's too fun. Too fun. <laughs> but yeah, guys. So I wanted to get Raymond on the podcast because he has a great perspective about making transitions and grinding. Uh, when I met mm. this gentleman, he yo Raymond, you were actually the first like young entrepreneur that I met in my adult life in the sense of like, you know, was really going after it. You know what I'm saying? Because I've always been, Thanks, you know, introduced to like motherfuckers that were selling weed and all this other yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but like you were like the first, like out of like the school element that I was going after to be like, yo, <laughs> I'm not about to work this job. This don't even make sense. <laughs> I remember, and I'll tell the story real quick and we'll get into his perspective, but I remember we were all, there was a suite, right? So imagine like a, a, like a dorm suite. There's eight college students in there, I believe, at the time. Yeah. All of us are picking our classes, going through like, okay, we got to get through this step, this step, this step. And once we graduate, we go work for Ernest and Young or all this other bullshit, right? Um, and, you know, everybody's respectfully on that track because, you know, that's what the school system sets you up for. 
And, you know, in some situations, you'll have to work while you're in school to kind of get, you know, things going. You know what I'm saying? Get fly. Just live. Buy toothbrushes. All the shit, right? Raymond was the Starbucks guy. Yeah. So he would bring us back. Slanging like them coffee beans. <laughs> he would bring us back like like microwavable sandwiches and shit. We was living a life. We had like fucking uh, coffee caves and all types of shit, right? So that would be our late night snacks. One day, Raven comes in randomly, like, and is pissed off. He's like, bro, I don't like the way they treat me there. I'm not going back. And we all looked at him like, uh, okay. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm just going to do my own thing now. He's like, I did it in San Jose. Got it. Was successful at it. Fuck it. I'll just go for it. So ever since that day... I've seen Raymond start brands from zero and grow them into something that's very respected online and in the community that he's in. Um, so, Ray, can you tell the people about, first of all, your transition from the Bay Area to the East Coast and what that was like, all the snow mm. and everything, mm -hmm. and then the perspective that you had to have to take that leap of faith and kind of give a background of like what you do, because I don't think yeah. I, I gave you due diligence to that. So. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to say clocking in sucked, man. Like that wasn't that wasn't fun. And uh yeah, they didn't treat me right. So you had I had to go somewhere where they did treat me right, which was where I treat myself. I treat myself right, you know? So I'm coming from the bay. Man, that was a great place to be young and creative at the time because we were one, we were actually ahead of like technology wise. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't think that it wasn't normal for people to bring their cameras to school back. Like we had a lot of tech mm -hmm. that was just around us. And then that gave me the freedom to just start doing some YouTube stuff, start like shooting some photos here and there mm -hmm. and uh, you know, start creating art. But also like there's, I love energy and I love to tell stories. So like, I was throwing a lot of parties and like warehouse stuff, pool parties, all that stuff when I was a kid. And that grew. That all grew. And I wanted to do something similar in New York, but I knew like throwing parties and things like that wasn't going to be a good transition for New York. It had to be something different. And what was it that actually gave me the energy to fill up my passion to kind of like go for it. Mm. And it was still events, but it's something different where it's the energy of people and bringing people together, mm. you know, building community together. That's where it really like kind of started to become more articulated for me mm. as far as like my own mission mm. was bringing people together, was telling those stories that hasn't been heard before. And then how am I gonna do that by advancing my expertise and my skills in my own like lane? what's that telling stories through videos through photos through production and man transitioning from the bay man i was like <laughs> the first week i got to new york i got a skateboard because i was like i can't fucking walk everywhere bro like yeah. this is too much yeah. uh and then <laughs> and even getting acclimated to the weather was kind of wild because like we got there it was raining like the first week yeah I walked and like in our dorm in our in our building it was like full AC so you can't really feel feel anything what's going on outside yeah. so I put on my biggest coat with a hoodie yeah. I was like it's lunchtime mm -hmm. I'm going to go walk a mile to our school because I missed the shuttle bus and I'm hungry so I'm going to go eat 
And I'm walking like four or five blocks down and I'm sweating like crazy, but it's pouring raining. And I'm like, why is it so hot? <laughs> and that's when I learned what humidity was. Apparently it's different in different places. <laughs> and then later I learned what hurricanes was because we we both went through Hurricane Sandy. Yeah, that shit was crazy. And then we had snowstorms after. That shit was wild. That shit was crazy. And um, yeah, so... Um, had you been in New York before that time? I've been in New York, but only in the winter. Okay. So if I've experienced like snow, but I didn't know it was like sticky hot yeah. and like it could rain and be warm. Yeah. Like in the Philippines, I knew that that was the case, but that was like, a, I haven't been in a long time since I, when I went first to New York. So yeah. it was just such a big culture shock. And yeah. then, you know, the people and the way people present themselves, they're very like straightforward which I really appreciate. Right. You know, right. you learn a lot from everyone there because everyone's like just hustling and doing their thing and surviving. Right. Yeah. That was one thing that I took from New York too. Like, yeah, that work ethic that a lot of people had, man, just being direct, it can like save you or save the life. So yeah. much time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And hassle and drama. Like if you're just yeah. straight up, yeah, there's nothing behind you. Right. It's all right in front of you. Right. That's it. It's either right. yes or no. Right. You know? Yeah. I think like, that is a very good point, and I think that that's something that transfers over to uh, transfer, excuse me, into like business acclimate and like mm -hmm. being able to say no, being able to say what you want, what you need, and knowing your worth. Yeah. Well, because it's like you know you want some opportunities, especially like if you're working your way up. If you listen to this podcast and working your way up, we're not telling you to like get an internship and then go in there and start saying no and demanding shit that you want. I mean, you're an intern, you're probably not even getting paid. <laughs> so <laughs> your opinion matters when they ask. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's where you kind of like gain the relationships and grow. And we've had experiences like that to where it's like, yo, sometimes you got to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, swallow, you know, your, your tongue in a sense. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, like, and it's not to say you don't have an opinion, but there's different ways to express it if you're in that type of environment. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm curious about, Ray, is like that first day when you got to New York, right? Oh. And when you were coming from San Jose and that mindset that you had, I mean, because I feel like everybody from the Bay has like a widespread mindset of like, you know, hustling. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So what did that do to your mindset? you know, that first day in New York, like what, what was some of the promises that you made to yourself? I was like, it actually came true. I told myself for a long time that I was going to get to New York and then I got there. Uh, so there's something that happens when you achieve your dream early. It means you can do more. Uh, that's when I started scheming again. And I was like, so that's it, New York? What's up? What's next? Uh, that's how I planned the next seven years. Uh, the next seven years after that, the next seven years after that. That's hard. Then by the time I finished, I was like, I've already gone around the world in my head. Mm, mm. Yeah, because I mean, success is all like relative in the sense of like what it means. To how you. you can envision it. Right, you know? right, right. And that's a huge law. And like manifestation is like, yeah. there's always another level. Um, and different consequences and benefits come with those things that you want. Mm -hmm. um, but it looks like, I mean, New York played a huge part in your life in the sense of like how you communicate and express yourself to the world. Um, so you guys got the, the background on Raymond um, in the sense of like who he is, <laughs> what he does. And he actually helped me hook up this podcast situation too, <laughs> which is really impressive. 
<laughs> and I'll FaceTime him three or four times like, yo, bro, I can't get this shit to work. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I got you, dog. Um, but yeah, man, I just remember that time when we were in New York, bro. It was just like a really special time. We had some characters yeah. in yeah. the dorm room. <laughs> oh, man, that was, that, was, that was a funny and crazy situation that I never thought I would be in. We had a lot of great moments in that in that dorm room. There's all t- there were all types of people that came in. Some people didn't even live in our dorm, but just was there all the time. Yeah. So it was- <laughs> <laughs> our do- our like suite was like a uh... the door was pretty much open. Yeah, our suite was like the party suite. Everybody came through. They yeah. knew we had it lit. We had we had like the best personalities in our suite. We just got the right deck of cards, and we mm-hmm. all did something different. Um and we yeah, all, we all brought something to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my favorite character. <laughs> I already know what you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, my favorite character. I mean, obviously outside of myself. My favorite character that was in our dorm room. I mean, our suite. Well, let's talk about Henley first of all. No, my favorite character that was in Henley that I used to come to our suite would probably be. Zach. <laughs> Zach was a funny dude, dog. Zach is a hilarious dude. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, like, he used to always bring that energy where it was like, yo, we get lit. <laughs> da, 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 da. And we were transfer students. Yeah. So we weren't there since freshman year. He was. So he was like, yo, bro, I'm about to hip y'all to all this. Yeah. Da, da, da. And it's like, up. bro, like, if you look at Zach and you, like, you interact with him, he, like, from D.C., like you'd be like, yeah, mo, yeah, slime. We gonna do this, da 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 da. da. Everyone like, what the hell is a mo? What is a slime? Like my name's not mo. That's mo. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I used to remember like being like, like thrown off by that. But that's my favorite character. Who was yours? Oh uh, man, my favorite. My shoot, it would have to be Milton, my my old roommate. Oh shit, <laughs> yo, Milton was the illest nigga. Yo, he he's been ahead of his time, bro. Way Shout out ahead. to you, Milton. Damn, you were ahead of your a, time. He brother. was a he was a tra- he was an international student from Angola. Big bags, yeah, big bags. <laughs> and he was the first person who I learned how to fly out. He was like, oh, I'm just gonna go to Paris real quick and blah 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 and stop by London and come back. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <How>? Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? Don't you got class? <laughs> I know. Where are you going with all this stuff, dude? It's like, oh, uh, we're gonna our, my family's gonna purchase this blah 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 and, and run this business and yeah, it's pretty cheap, blah blah blah. I was like, What? You're purchasing businesses? <laughs> <laughs> like LLCs? I know, that's crazy. Yeah, uh yeah. man, Milton would be something great to have on the podcast too. I think he's doing a lot in the independent world as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Ray, right now you have a production company. Mm-hmm. Push Story. Push Story. You're out in LA. And that production company started off in New York or is that yeah. something different? Okay. Yeah. So that production company started in New York in 2016 in February. Tell them where your office is. Just uh, it's right. in Chelsea. It's 119 West 24th. Y'all <laughs> don't know it's very expensive there. Floor two. You want to come visit us? We're on the Verizon floor. Come check us out. Go past the the uh, the all green screen room and you'll find our our office in the Damn. back. <laughs> he just gave y'all directions. You yep, know, pull yep. up with my boy. Well, go ahead. Yeah, start in New York. Yeah, start in New York, and uh, you know it got to a point because I was freelancing full time, 
before that, I was working for the Knicks and ESPN, and I was you know working part time for a creative agency. So I learned a lot when I was freelancing, working part time, and put it all together. I learned structures. I learned how things work. I learned how to work with clients. And I got to a point where I was working with industry friends, and we were accumulating a lot of equipment, and we had our own thing going. But I figured if we all come together, there's going to be a lot more that can come for us. And so got an office, put our equipment together, had my partner set up. And from there, it was the start of a whole brand new journey. I mean, like going from freelance, full-time freelance to owning a company is different. You have to start pricing things different. Mm. You realize you have overhead. Mm. You can't be charging your, your, your freelance day rates for what an agency should be pricing for their, for their, like, you know, for their item. Right. There's, there's a lot more that an agency would, would charge. And that's something we had to learn. Because mm. we, we, I mean, we got really lucky. And we actually landed a luxury fashion client as one of our first like, long-term contracts. And I was like, whoa, I've never seen so many zeros in a contract before. Long-term contracts? Like, it, how was, long was that? it was a one-year contract okay. with a, a six-month review. Okay. And then the renewal was going to be, if the review went great in the six months, then like renewals automatic after the first year. Got you. And then they were sold in Saks. Uh, they just finished their uh, second um, uh, fashion week, uh, New York fashion week show, uh, second year doing fashion week. So they're, they're pretty hot. Um, okay, so, so for, sorry to cut you off. But for that person that's in that moment yeah. of transition, yeah. how did you get that first contract when that be was because of uh connections actually so connections from one of my one of my business partner okay. was already starting to work with them and he was like hey this could be bigger so how about we just introduce the agency and the agency takes the full client and we get a full a full fatter check instead of me just hand me just being their photographer and then only getting a shooting rate take the whole production and take up the other thing because they needed also marketing. So we also handled the social media. So we did their production and their social media at the same time. So we charged them that. That, oh. that was the first time I actually had to use a lawyer, pay them like a thousand or so and some right. change to make like a 14 page contract. Yeah. That was like yeah. solid. Yeah. That made you feel confident and walking in that room. Yeah. That's another good point, guys. Uh, a lot of, like a lot of entrepreneurship, a lot of success in entrepreneurship is willing to put yourself on the, on the line, mm -hmm. right? Betting on yourself. Yeah. It does not mean, oh, I'm going to start the LLC and then oh, that's betting on myself. No, it's dedicating your energy to something because that's truly how it works, okay? Let me just break something down really quickly. I think Raymond will agree. Mm -hmm. Whenever you have a thing, an idea, right, that is a confirmation from the universe, God, whoever it is, that you should be doing that thing. And on the outside of that, you have to look at it in the sense of like how energy moves, like how water moves. Water is not going to move in eight different directions. Like if you have a river and then it's going down to like a pond or whatever it is, it's going to move all in one direction and it's going to have force. So that with an idea, you have to dedicate your energy. If you think of your energy as water and the force behind water is got to go in one direction. You can't be split eight different ways because that idea deserves the respect of you. 
your individual efforts. And then things start to happen, right? Mm -hmm. The in-between space is betting on yourself, being broke, sleeping on floors. If it gets Mm -hmm. that rough, showering at 24-hour fitness, whatever it is, like, or like bumming it out at a friend's crib. We've all had moments like that to where you get tested. And that's truly what betting on yourself is. You could be 18 or you can be 45 with kids. You get what I mean? And you always have to make these decisions responsibly. But the silver lining of that is that, you know, you're gaining and going towards your purpose if you have that strong conviction in you. Um, but yeah, right. That, that was a very good point, man, in the sense of like, you're just having to figure things out at that moment yeah. that you've never done before. Yeah. It's all been done for you because you worked for like the corporate and everything mm-hmm. else. Oh, you just show up with your camera because you're talented yeah. Yeah. and we're just going to hold you out, basically. Yeah. You just get the rate. Here you go. Sign $20 an hour. You're good, you know? And we made $20 million. Yeah. And now it's like, how do you actually own the pie? Yeah. That was what I was trying to figure out. Yeah. Not just a piece. Okay. And that was, that was a whole new challenge because you realize, oh, shoot, I thought I had a good deal. Mm. they had a good deal the first the first oh yeah that luxury client had a really good deal yeah they got you for cheap. i thought i i thought i had a lot of zero mm. I'm, see after the fact they made you do a shit ton of work huh yeah after six months and i was like i feel like i'm underpaid yeah you know but All it's like shit i'm doing oh shit yeah yeah you're right i should have like negotiated. you know that's why that's why it went so quick did you take the first offer Huh? Did you take the first offer? Yeah. 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 I did too. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, but it's also like, it's different because like you're, you're sending a bid to them. Mm. When you're bidding for companies, mm. you send them an offer. So that's, mm. that is the first offer. Yeah. You know, you have to do your due diligence. How much do like, they give you the scope, right? And you like have to like kind of calculate how much the work is going to cost. Sure. And then you send them the proposal. This is how, what the scope is going to look like. This is what the work is. This is how it's going to cost. You could either give them to the whole, whole thing or like a retainer, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. You mm-hmm. can't go back and be like, oh, actually, no, that's too low. Let me up that. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, yeah. I, I undershot. Yeah. And we definitely beat out all the other agencies that was trying to go for them. Yeah. But there's a reason why. Yeah. 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 See, and a lot of okay, there's big learning lesson. Yeah, I think there's two sides to that too. Yeah, the first side is what he's talking about is knowing your worth, mm-hmm. um, and that takes a while to figure out, unfortunately, because yeah. um, even then could change. Like my worth was that at that moment. At that moment, yeah. Six months later, it changed. I'm worth a lot more. Yeah, because I already know. I know the hustle now. Though. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a lot of that is like earning your stripes. Mm-hmm. Being okay with just that. had to, yeah. yeah. Once you earn your stripes, you know your worth. Nobody can play with you. Yeah, you know. Um, and and we'll, let's talk about the offers for a minute. And there are people are in corporate America right now that are getting paid. You mm. get what I'm saying? Because they understand the value of negotiating. I know you worked corporate gigs before. Mm-hmm. I work corporate gigs before. This podcast is called Millennialpreneur, but there are there's a such thing as a corporatepreneur, and we invite everybody into this podcast to kind of learn a little bit about what we're going through in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So never take the first offer. They offer you the job and they give you an offer letter. Always send back a counter offer because you're essentially you have the job already. Yeah. They just want to meet they want to negotiate. And now that I have a company, I value a person 
that can say, nah, this is what I would like. Mm. If you are applying to one of our companies, don't do that though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Only take okay. what I'm offering. Okay. I'm kidding. Yeah, but I value a person that does that because yeah. I know that person will always give me a genuine input. Mm. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. It takes heart to be like, I got the job. Yeah. But I need an extra five grand a month. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I, I can respect that because I learned that the hard way, bro. Mm. Um, when I was working with, I won't say the company's name, uh, but I was I was doing some marketing in, in, in several places in the area. And I got the first offer. I was like, yeah, let's go. Because I'm just a worker and I'm like, yo, I'm ready to hustle. Ready to work. Woo, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Come with it. Let's go. You get yeah. what I mean? Um, and it was kind of on my terms in a sense because I was ready to make a move, this and the other. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, what happened after that was, you know, I get closer with coworkers and I mm-hmm. start learning about different positions and, you know, people that have been in the industry for a while. So starting to get closer with them and I'm not knowing what they got paid, but I have a, a good idea of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And then in a sense of like how I should communicate and articulate myself to be respected from the gate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of it is like when you show up green, that's a good thing. Yeah. In some situations. But when we're talking about a dollar amount in your livelihood, you have to make sure that, you know, you present yourself in a way like, okay, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to take the first offer. And if it's a great offer and that company respectively is like giving you your value and you absolutely feel that in your heart, don't be like, toxic and like try to get a hundred thousand dollars more <laughs> because you if you're in this respect field do your research okay but the the other side of that ray i think that's very important is like you have to understand that before you can kind of like navigate that yeah you know what i mean yeah so after you understood how to navigate that how did those conversations change for you with like companies and like being your own boss because i know that first check that came in you probably blew it on like equipment and like rent yeah. and like shit that you owed because you was hustling at that moment oh yeah talk dude. A, talk about that first talk about the, the the space and time where you was just like top ramen yeah starbucks dollar pizza talk that was about- still very much the time when i started that company that sure. was like that and i think at the end it was let's see i think it was 2017 2000 yeah i think a year or two later i was still running the company and I was like, oh, shit, I don't know if I have a place to live. Oh. And I, it's funny. I was like, oh, you know what? I could probably just sleep in my office. And then, like, that's some of the things I had to think about. I was like, there's a gym across the street. Like, mm. I could just sleep there or, like, shower there. That's mm. cool. I could put the couch in there for a second. Just mm. no one's going to know mm. that I'm going to sleep in at the office. 24-hour access, you know? Mm. Uh, but deep shit right things there, work though. out. Yeah, things work out somehow. Yeah. But it's it's crazy. I mean, like, you know, it's funny because I made a lot of money to me in New York, but I didn't save a lot of money because I was spending a lot of money in New York, you know? And that's something I had to learn as an entrepreneur, especially when you didn't come uh, from a family that's well-funded or starting off that's well-funded, you know, you can't blow off your fund. Mm. you actually have to make your fund yeah like it's okay to be frugal as an entrepreneur there's no there's nothing bad about being frugal what's being bad what's bad is when you actually make your money you know how to make money but you don't know how to make your money stay 
or you don't know how to make your money that you made make more money. Right. That's it. Like if you know how to make money and spend money, you're still at ground zero. You didn't go up, you didn't go down. Right. You know? And are you living? You're probably back at like paycheck to paycheck type like lifestyle. Yeah. Which can be very difficult because now you have this like mental strain. Mm. Like I gotta provide, I gotta survive. Mm. And you're not gonna take like the better deals. You're gonna take the deals that's coming to you right away and just say yes right away. Right. You're in survival mode. Right. You, you have a desperate smell to you. Right. And some people will help you out because they're nice and some people will take advantage of that. Right. You know, and that's happened before when you're desperate. You know, people want to like kind of, you know, take you on a ride. Right. But if you know yourself, if you're stable, if you know your worth and you're able to overcome just some of the things, the bumps that life will take you and you get stronger from all that. Like, it's funny because I think back then, like I wouldn't have been able to talk about like the mindset of like, oh shit, I might be homeless. <laughs> and I would have been too emotional. I would have had like a, a frog in my throat. I would have like just stopped. But now I'm like, yeah. I'm chilling. Yeah. You know, like I can talk about this because I'm stronger now. Yeah. I've already lived it. Yeah. Like I'm never going back there ever again. Right. right. Ever. Right. You know? Right. I am motivated to succeed. Right. You know? So and I keep that fire within me because like I knew what it was like. What it felt like. Yeah. You know, that's you man, keep that feeling. That is that is so important as an entrepreneur, man. I think as a person, bro. As a person, yeah. Everybody has to have that turn back moment. Yeah, you New know? York, that was it for me. Yeah, that that moment where you were thinking about, damn, I could just get on the couch, yeah. shower at the gym, run a checkup real quick, then just go get another apartment. Fuck it. Yeah, you know, like just imagine the humility that it takes to say, you know what, I'm still betting on myself, even though I've failed essentially mm-hmm. and it's not a failure in the sense of like oh i failed and quit i failed and i kept shooting mm-hmm. my shot yeah right and i'm gonna do this no matter what yeah and i think that's what separates the good from the great um and man like just hearing you say that bro reminds me of like moments in my life you know where i'm just like yo like i had to make a decision mm. and you know what's really crazy about those type of moments is it feels it's so freeing. Yeah. It's like, fuck it. I don't care what anybody thinks, bro. Yeah. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really doing this. Like, you walk on the street and you see all these people lost in a rat race, especially in New York. I used to notice that a lot. A lot of people are just fucking, like, just doing, 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 yeah. and not doing anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guarantee once COVID hit, 60% of those jobs were just you know what I mean? And it really allowed people, myself, like COVID hit me in a real way where I was like, yo, get on that horse, bro. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, yo, these companies out here, no disrespect, you got a good company. Yeah, perfect. I got a company too. And I I try to keep employees as much as I can. Um, and I, I will do that, right? But there's there's a certain thing that kicks in you like, okay, damn, like you gonna give me a month? Like after the years that I've given to this company, that's all y'all got for me? Mm. You get what I mean? And it's not only me personally, yeah. but it's like a ton of people yeah. that have real responsibilities. Kids, um, student loans, yeah. house payments, yeah. like some real shit, you know, mm. that can like drive anybody crazy. And they like, yo, you got a month, sorry. Mm-hmm. You know? 
And at that point, that was my realization. And I've had other points where I worked for a job and I was like, ah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I'm still trying to like, because I was one of the, I was, I'm an entrepreneur that was like one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. Because I truly didn't have the infrastructure yet to take that leap and the actual funds to take that leap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and once I took that leap and jumped and didn't know if my wings worked or not, was when I had no choice. Was when they was like, yo, you got a, a month. It's, <laughs> when it's do or die, it's a different feel. Yeah, it's yeah. a way different feel, bro. And you got you learn who you are, you learn your chops. And the beauty of that is like you can talk about it and relate to it. Just mm-hmm. like someone else that is going through it right now that's trying to make the decision of like, yo, should I bet on myself? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. No one's gonna look out for you the most. And the only person who's going to do that is you. 100%. You might like your boss. You might like your company. They might, you know what I'm saying? Shit, you could be working for your family. Bro, shit. <laughs> Yo, real? Yeah. Shit, you might get lunch every day at work. Yeah. But there's, you know, I always felt like a shell of myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I ain't really doing nothing. And most of this shit is like really simple. And it's not really like, I don't wake up with a passion. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what really motivates me these days is like taking care of my people, you know, and like putting my family in a space of legacy. You know what I'm saying? Because you mm-hmm. can have a job for 50 years and you don't steal me shit. Yeah. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's fucked up because a lot of people, like my parents, immigrants, your parents came yep. from the Philippines too, right? Yeah, I am too, actually. I came from the Philippines. You were born there? Yeah. No fucking way. Came bro. here when I was in first grade. Damn, you were five? Yeah. Did you speak English at all? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah. We had, in, in the Philippines, we had to learn English in school. That was like our second language. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Tagalog? Tagalog, yeah. Tagalog. Yeah. Tagalog? Mm-hmm. Do you speak it still? Yeah, yeah. What? Yo, dog, what the hell? Yeah. Like, who is this guy, bro? <laughs> I did not know this motherfucker was born in fucking Philippines. Yeah, man, I got that, that immigrant drive, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's, Came from a third world country, yeah, you know what I mean? That's different. That's different. Yo, I saw, did I tell you about that documentary that I just watched about the Griselda lady? Uh, is her name Griselda? No, her name not Griselda. She has like a million pairs of shoes. I told you about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the Phil, uh, the ex, like... Uh, like first lady, right? Yeah, yeah. she was yeah, crazy. She's wild. Yeah. Yo, they wild. got bad money over here. You got billies. But anyways, um, yeah, I didn't know that about you, bro. That's dope. See, <laughs> yeah. what he could tell you about the immigrant grind too is like, your parents come here for a better life. So you're first generation. Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure on you from an early age to get your shit together. To be the one. Right. Yeah. And it's usually good or self-destructive in your early years mm-hmm. for me it was more self-destructive yeah <laughs> because i'm like yo if i'm not gonna get an a fuck it i'll get an f mm. that was my attitude yeah you get what i'm saying no in between yeah there's no in between yeah. like if i'm already doing bad fuck it because i know i'm gonna get in trouble anyway mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying yeah. that was that was the fucking worst mindset i wish i would have said that out loud to someone and been like no bro just get a b you know what i'm saying mm. because like yeah. if i didn't get an a on the like the first three assignments, I always I felt like I was failing. Yeah. When yeah. you can always rebound and like figure it out. But yeah. it was so much pressure that if I wasn't the absolute best, mm-hmm. it wasn't you ain't doing shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. my parents are working two jobs, three jobs. It's like they never come to anything. And they're like, yo, you got this opportunity because I'm busting my ass like this. And it that's from a very early age and you just like 
holy fuck. Like, yeah. I'm not a kid. I have to be an adult yeah. like today. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was the struggle that I've had uh, and probably still have to this day, but it's better now that I'm an adult and I understand like self-value and self-love and all this other stuff a little bit now. Mm-hmm. So the boundaries are a little bit different, but that was definitely a motivation in my life to like go for it yeah. as well. So yeah. it played a part in like, you know, shipping off to New York from the projects. You get yeah. what I'm saying? And like yeah. going to a private university, like, like that don't even make sense. You get what I mean? You know, uh, the tuition costs more than my mom made in a year. For real. My goodness. No, one tuition. semester. Yeah. It's, How crazy is that? It gives me a headache just thinking about it right now. <laughs> How crazy is that? You get what I mean? Yeah. That's not the smartest thing to do, but shit, I was ready to get after it. I was, you yeah, know I mean? it was, it was the thing that could get me out of San Jose, out of the Bay Area, into a place that's something new. I'm gonna take it, yeah. you know, especially like New York. Yeah. yeah, especially New York. Yeah, I mean, like I, I knew even like you know the school that we went to wasn't the absolute best for filming, but I knew in New York. He was gonna make it that shape, was the place to be filming something, <laughs> you know, and that's where you make the connections. That's where you do the work in the streets. Real rap, you know. Yeah, that's 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 important too, man. That is definitely important to like think about. Like anybody that's going after anything, it doesn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. but you have to have faith in yourself that you'll figure it out. And I yeah. feel like you have that space in your mind, like you like as long as I'm in the room, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Magic like, will happen. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm yeah. just, I, you know, I want it. Yeah. 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 Yep. That that's dope, man. That's dope. So we talked about your transition and that struggle and like how you created your own company and mm-hmm. like you know and obviously there was you said two years, so twenty four months that you were kind of building and still kind of figuring it out. What yeah. was the moment after that when you were like, Holy shit, this is actually working? Oh man, it was when one, we got our money right and we were actually paying people decently, livable wages in New York. Okay, so that's beautiful. Explain what that is, because a lot of people don't. It's really what fucking that expensive. Is. That's pretty much where all my money went to. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, staffing is expensive. You know. Yeah, and then when you have to staff at a at a very uh, you know uh, competitive place like New York City. You know, you have to make sure people can live off of what you pay them. And, uh, <laughs> and we or they'll leave you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Quit in a text. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was it was the moment where we actually started landing like really cool deals. Sure. What was that? What was that like? Uh, it was dope. Like, OK, so our first complex deal. Dude, y'all know what that complex is. Sick. Hold on, hold on. Let me drop a bomb. I just oh. Yo, come on, man. You in New York and you get a complex deal? Yep. Like, dog, that is that is legit. Don't like see, we're not gonna sit here and just like name drop shit and like not act like it's a big deal. An independent company. And you know, I think that what's his name? Echo dude. What's his name? Mark. Mark Echo. He's about the independent grind. So yeah, that's a look. Right, mm-hmm. but you gotta understand like the the footprint that complex has, bro. Like, yeah, com- that's a especially in New York. Yeah, like people take internships from the West Coast in the summer just to be there and set up somewhere in New York just to be there. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Won't get paid either. Mm-hmm. Paying to be an intern there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So yeah, go ahead, bro. Yeah, it was it was an amazing deal because we actually produced 
We're the team that produced the first ever sneaker course. Hold, to make sneakers? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was about the sneaker industry. Oh, with like the shoe surgeon and all yeah. those people? Yeah. Wow. It wasn't with a shoe surgeon, but it was. we had some of the Nike team in there, some of the Jordan team. We talked yeah. to Adidas. We talked to Puma. Oh, that's sick. We talked to, you know, we talked to the guys at Union. Mm. You know, we talked to uh, Ubique from Philadelphia. Sure. Uh, so we we had... It was really cool. Partnered with uh, FIT, which is a Fashion Institute of Technology. And our team built the green screen studio that we shot everything, shot everything. And then I had to, uh, I had to basically manage about like 12 editors wow. for a few months. Mm. And so we had to pay all those people. <laughs> Mm. And I was like, whoa, that's a lot of cash flow. This is cool. And this is like dope because we actually have to like, we have a bigger team. Right. We're doing a big project. Right. And like, it was things that was still in our corner. Right. Like things that we love. Right. Like I love sneakers. I love like fashion. I'm very passionate about like all that stuff. And to be able to teach the younger generation about the industry for them to actually learn how to get into the industry that was fulfilling because mm. not only did we make money but we made a difference and an impact right. on the next generation of kids who's going to be designing your the, the shit that you're walking on right. you know right that's dope that's dope yeah definitely having an impact and like you know killing two birds with one stone yeah that sounds like a good how did how did that come about? Was it just because you guys were doing good work, or was that another relationship? Relationships, <laughs> straight up, it's from relationships. Yeah. It's it's when people understand that you do really good work, that you always deliver, and that you're a good person to work with. Yeah, I know it sounds so simple, yeah. but it's very difficult for a lot of people to actually do yeah. and just to continue. Like you can be that person the first time, but can you be that person always and forever? Mm. That's a big difference, right? Like That's people deep. can just like, you know, you meet them for the first time, you're working with them for a month, they're great. And then all of a sudden they really start showing who they are. Yeah. But when, it, when you have relationships where you know people for years and they've seen you work for years, seen yeah. you grow, yeah. they can understand that, oh, okay, he's not kidding around. So this actually came from uh, another, uh, from a creative director that we've worked with. And he put us on, put the project on us and and just hired the entire team to make it happen. That's crazy. Yeah. See, a lot of, a lot of the entrepreneurship game is relationships. It is. Um, so nurture relationships or cut them off. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the dichotomy and like the balance that you have to figure out. Um, and it's not always like, oh, this person's not serving me, so I'm going to cut them off. No. I mean, like, no. a lot of the times you can't expect, you know, people to put you on before somebody else, right? I mean, but if your work is good, yeah, they'll refer you. Mm -hmm. And you can't just say, oh, because this person personally, I don't like them, you know, mm -hmm. that we can't work together. So what I'm trying to, like, communicate, there's a balance. Like, if, for instance, this person has always done bad business, right? This person has always shorted you. This person didn't value your time, right? Not mm -hmm. just because they're an asshole. <laughs> and I don't like the way they talk to me. Yeah. And I'm going to be respected because I'm blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. yo, dog, like, always communicate and be, 
respect so you can be respected. If that person doesn't reciprocate that, communicate that in a very professional way if you guys are in a professional manner. We're not talking about personally. So that's a whole nother set of rules that we live by. But professionally, you know, that person shorted you. They're not, you know, respecting your time, da-da-da. Cut it off. You get what I mean? But if it's a situation where you're taking your personal feelings and you're inputting them into a professional setting, that's a balance that you got to kind of like stomach a little bit sometimes because you Mm -hmm. have to just communicate the respect level that you demand because your work is good. You show up on time. You're treating everybody good in whatever respect that you're in, whether it's on set, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, your assistant coach at a college or whatever it is, like you're doing your job. So you deserve the respect that's demanded. Right. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. So dope. Complex happens. And that kind of propels you to another level of business where you like, OK, staff is expanding. I'm understanding how to get projects, put a timeline on it, complete it, and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, earlier, we were having a conversation off uh, recording, and you talked about how like there's short-term and then long-term. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's things that you kind of work on as a company and as an independent entrepreneur, and then there's the bigger projects yes. that are the long plays. So kind of break that down for like, and this is, this is anybody that kind of want to get into the realm that Ray is in, which is a mm-hmm. very niche type of thing, because he's not only a photographer or a videographer. He's a uh, production uh, manager. He's mm-hmm. a, produ- a producer, excuse me. Mm-hmm. He's a producer. He's an editor. He's like everything fused into one, and he can explain it better, yeah. um, but he does it in such an elegant way, and people really appreciate what he brings as a person and as a professional with value. So kind of break that down, the short term, long term, and then how you intertwine that with your personal personality. Yeah. Well, first, like the skill set is there, right? To take on any most positions in a production. Because the way I, I've at least like trained myself and tried to learn as much as I could uh, and done my own projects, I want to make sure like if the editors can't do it, I could do it. Mm. If the PA can't do it, if the sound guy can't do it, I could do it. Mm. If one guy comes short, I'll fill in. Like, mm. that's, I'm not the best at it, but I could do it well enough for a client to like it. Mm. You know? And so, going from that, you know, for me, I look at it like I have short term money and then long term money goals. Like, that's where the projects are. For short term, those are things that you're that are going to keep you very interested, keep you energetic because the t- turnarounds are pretty quick. Right. These are projects that are going maybe like one day projects, one month, one week projects, one month, three months, maybe six months. Those are those are like short term projects. Mm. Things that are going to start taking like more than six months. Those that's the big money project. Mm. You know, you're working on the whale. When you're harpooning a whale, you don't just harpoon once. Mm. you harpoon many times then you catch the big fish Mm. you know but it takes a lot of work and that's the stuff that takes the time well for me it's like you the way i at least like the synchronicity of the projects is like the short term is paying for your bills right now those are things that is actually going to help i i also call them the silver bullet or silver bullets versus lead bullets Mm -hmm. you want to use up your lead bullets first Mm -hmm. right and you want, that's where you keep shooting, you know, where there it's like a $200 gig or like a $2,000 gig, that's still short term. 
And then when you're landing like, you know, 60 to 100K like campaign deals, mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's your long-term stuff. Keep making that happen. But that took a long time because you needed those like lead bullets to get you to the silver bullet. Mm. Like you need to still feed yourself. You need to have like, and yeah, that's fine. Like it can be boring stuff. But when it comes to something that, you know, your big end goal, you have to make sure it's worth it because you're investing a lot of time and a lot of people are not going to see it until it's 95% almost finished. Wow. It's invisible to everyone else. So to them, it's just, to, even to you, it really depends. Do you really believe in it or is it just an imagination? Mm. If it's real, you'll make it real. Mm. If it's just a thought, it's going to fade away. Right. You know, and then right. same thing. It's like your short-term goals what are things that's actually bringing you like energy? For me, I could tell you right now, it's fashion and music. Those are things that I'm very passionate about and start, it feels like I'm starting again in LA, which gives me a drive because I got here, I'm new, everyone else been here. Mm. So I gotta work harder, I gotta meet more people, I gotta be safer, I gotta be smarter. Right. And I gotta do more than everyone else that's around me. That's how I feel. But that's just my own like way of like kind of like getting into it. But you know, with fashion and with music, there are certain strategies to hit so you can actually get clients, so you could actually get work yeah. and start doing your thing. So figure out the first thing is figuring out what exactly you want, where the energy is gonna go, and then pull that trigger. Man, that was I mean, we're gonna break that down. That's yeah. a lot of deep stuff right there. But what's really like hitting me is like how you still have the hunger, um, even though you conquered New York, had an office in like one of the most expensive places in New York. I still do, actually. Okay, well, let's go. just put it right there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> My point. Um, he, he he's done that, and now he's in LA, and he's he's okay with starting over, bro. Like as an entrepreneur, every month is not going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that now. You know what I mean? But prepare yourself, diversify. You catch a lick, and it's like, what I mean, oh, let, me, let me break that down. Everybody's <laughs> not going to see when you catch a lick. When you get a big check, when you get a big contract, and you're feeling good, never get too high, never get too low. What I mean by that, never get too happy to where you're not paying attention to detail that got you there. And when you're doing bad, never get low enough to where you give up, right? You want to be even kill. And that's kind of like, and don't get me wrong, work hard, play hard, and you'll have good times, but it's always on your mind like, okay, there's someone out here trying to take my spot. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not even that. That's maybe, me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not even that because some people can't handle that competition level. But maybe it's just like, okay, you might miss an opportunity that's right at your door, but you're not paying enough attention to execute, right? So, you know, man, Ray, like I got to say, bro, from like, when I met you in 2012, you have remained the same guy, which I'm like, that's the first thing, right? Secondly, y you have like grown 10x. Dang. Yeah, bro. So I want to say I'm really proud of you of that. Thank you. Thank like, you. that shit is dope because I remember he had a camera <laughs> and was like, yeah, I'll take some pictures of you. Or like, I have this girl. Da -da 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 -da. Yeah. And he did shit in San Jose that was like crazy too. And we didn't even touch on that. <laughs> but, Look, I mean, from like 
I, mean, yeah, I don't know how much money you went out to New York with, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't a shit ton. <laughs> you had to wait on that return check. Or go yeah. to, that's why you had to yeah. go to fucking Starbucks. Yeah, that's why I trans like I actually worked at Starbucks in San Jose. Holy shit. And then made sure I transferred to Queens. So I had a job in Queens but when I got there. There you go. Yeah. There you go. See, you that, think that's, 10 steps that's ahead. the hustle. That's yeah. the hustle. Now he can wake up, work for his own company. But before you have to clock in at Starbucks and he tells you, that was the first thing he said, clocking in sucks. Yep. And, you know, like, I want to say this too. I want to drop this because at the end of the day, if you honestly feel in your heart that you are an entrepreneur, go for it. Mm -hmm. Because whatever you believe in, personally, I believe in God. And it's like, do you think God cares about your job? (laughs) Like, honestly, do you think he's like, you should stay at this job forever because that's what I have for you. <laughs> I want you to clock in and be I, a robot. I made this job specifically for you yeah, to this, clock in. This is your purpose. At 9 a.m. <laughs> to read graphs and report to this manager with breath stakes. Like, what the <laughs> Like, no, dog. And I'm not saying that if you're at a job and you're happy, quit. I'm saying if you feel that in your heart of hearts, you feel like a shell of yourself. I mean, you look it in the mirror, you're like, yo, dog, I ain't really own it like that because you feel like you're supposed to be going after something. Do it. Start small. You ain't got to quit your job tomorrow. I mean, if that fire is in you, you like, yo, I got the connects already. I got the infrastructure. Go for it. You know what I mean? If you honestly mm-hmm. believe that truly, truly. But start slow. Take it day by day. Do something every day to build to that step because I promise you, when you get on the other side, there's a feeling that connects with you. Is a feeling that lives with you and keeps you along this journey. Because I know stress as an entrepreneur, to me, is better than stress at a job. Yeah. Because I know that I'm someone in control mm-hmm. of what happens on a day-to-day. And it's like, I remember I used to stress about my bosses being mad and all this shit. Like, I used to be like, yo, like, bro, like, am I going to have a job tomorrow? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just some punk-ass shit. Like, fuck you, dog. Fire me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's how I am now. And it's like, whatever. Like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You want to shoot? Shoot. You know? (laughs) But like, before I used to be like, oh my God, like, I'm going to have a job. Like, I need to pay my bills. They make you dependent. And if that's not you, go for it. Um, Okay, so we, we, we talk about the transition to LA now and like what you're doing. And obviously... I mean, you have a, a, such a large footprint online and everything else, and you developed that from New York, and you still have the hunger of starting over new in L.A. Like, mm-hmm. what do you feel like in the next year, like just generally you want to accomplish with the Push brand? Oh, man. Well, with the Push brand, I want to be able to house my circle, my friends and my homies and my family. Mm. meaning like push isn't just me and the reason why or push story itself the reason why push the brand was cultivated and and really just like brought out to the limelight was so that everyone can be a part of it because with push story for the past five years that we've been running our company not everyone could work with us. 
it was a bit exclusive. And we only worked with who we wanted to work, especially the last three years. The first couple of years, it was kind of like, like you know, take whatever we we're can. doing what we can. Yeah. But now we got to the point where we're only working with whoever we want to work. Yeah. But you also have to be able to pay us the right amount. <laughs> like not everyone play. can do that. Don't not everyone is in the same like industry where right. we want to be at right. too. Right. But with push, you can be a part of it. You can have a mug. You can have a hat. You can be a part of the community, right. you know, and we had plans for a lot of uh, like creative experiences. So that's something we want to be able to come back with, with different types of like experiences, whether it's like an activation or an opening of something or some sort of like whatever it is, whatever right. creative experience that we, we cook up in the lab, that's something fun for us. Because again, it comes back to what I said in the very beginning, even stemming from San Jose, is that energy and that flow of people, mm. that also gives me energy. So if we can come together, I know it's COVID time, so like when it's safe and we can bring people together and we can have that energy again and, and bring the vibe back, that's when, that's when push is going to start, like really going to be able to be instilled into people and we're able to be a part of people's lives because it's not just the merch or like, you know, the clothes or like the accessories. Yeah. It's about the community and the stories that we build together. Yeah. Yeah. And basically Ray said, we back outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kobe can't stop me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, big genes, big uh, healthy, big vitamins. You know what I'm saying? We don't that's why they vaccine. Pay me the big bucks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that's dope, man. I really appreciate like your perspective and you know your commitment to the journey. Um, and that's a huge part of legacy, uh, or the legacy that you're gonna create. Yeah, I mean, if you look back on. Just what was that? Twenty twelve. What is that? How many years is that? That's like that was nine uh, nine, twenty twelve. Nine years. Eight, nine years. Whatever. Eight nine years. Um, yeah. Look how far you come, bro. And it was all fucking a thought. It was all a dream, bro. Yeah. Like came quick. Too. All a dream, and it's like, you know, now your new start in LA, bro. You're starting with a great mindset of just wanting to meet people. Not being like, yo, I already got a company. Like, fuck you, bro. Da da da. You're like, nah. Like, let's. Let's figure this out and let me do it. Let me apply the same principles that I did in New York, in LA, even though I'm already successful in my own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And to, to get you to point A, to point B, faster, better, stronger, smarter. Yeah. There was, a, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. When I was like growing up in San Jose, I met a lot of eclectic people. Uh -huh. uh, and, and like by the time, like, graduated high school a lot of people started like you know starting up brands right mm -hmm. uh there was the time where everyone had a clothing brand it was like 12 like 11 12 years ago uh, everybody like, had a streetwear yeah, brand yeah and but not everyone still has it Ooh, you know bomb. but i what did happen <laughs> time happened and uh, <laughs> <laughs> this shit ain't hot, B. Yep. And so, but one of the guys that one of the uh, brands that I met, um, they they had a very um, they had a very interesting uh, funding route, as I would say it. Okay. Uh, they're not a VC, but I'm not gonna say where their money came from. Okay. And uh, the head guy once told me that he had about like nine. Uh, like gated houses on the top of his game and 
you know, he lost it all because of like the 09 financial system. Yeah. And, uh, the crash. And the crash and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and he was back to like just his one little gated house in, uh, uh, I forgot where it was, uh, somewhere in the, I think it was, I'm actually, you know what? I probably shouldn't say where, but, um, so. <laughs> We'll find out who it is. We'll do our research, <laughs> and then we'll go on his social media and troll him. And uh, like, fuck you, nigga. You went from nine to one house, you poor ass nigga. Let me let me tell you the first time I came to his office and they had a meeting, and I was just this little kid. Took off his Roly, you know. Ooh, took off his rings. Big Rolex. Took off his presidential. All right, fellas, let's have a meeting. And I'm like, ooh. Um, but <laughs> what he told me was when he lost everything, he felt like he had to start over. He had to actually live at in his like parents' house for just a few months. He had millions. Y'all know what that felt like. I mean, I've never lost millions, so but I could I could try to understand what he's feeling. No, well, just square one because yeah. it's all relative. Money is fiat. Like, so yeah, they don't mean shit. Yeah, I mean, like that feeling of being like I failed. Okay. Yeah. Rebuild. And it was um it was a very depressing time for him, but he told me that he was like, "You know what? I learned what I've learned already. I'm already where I'm at. That means I could get that money back if and more faster, smarter, like as if like nothing happened." And he did. Yeah, don't be scary. He did. After yeah. like a couple years, um, you know, he invited me to his birthday party at Louis. I went, and then the year after that was like a mansion. And the year after, or a yacht, and the year after that was, he got a whole damn aquarium. Jeez, please. You know, so that was that was wild, and um, I learned from that because putting that same mindset to where I'm at now, you know, it's okay to start over, but I'm not starting over. I'm starting over in a physically different place. But my mindset is not starting over. I already have the set of skills that I've like honed for years in one of the toughest places to live and work. Yeah, New York is rough, bro. Yeah, I've got. You got to deal with the weather too. It's not only like my machetes are are sharp. Yeah, you know I'm ready to cut things up. And so coming here, I know what I'm worth. I know what I can do. And now it's about learning how this new place plays the field. Ooh. The dream is still here. Like when I first got here, yeah. it was the same feeling when I got to New York. I was like, damn, I did it. Damn, it's crazy. I could do anything. I can do anything. And I'm going to do everything I want to do. You can't stop me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. That's that fire. And yep. look, Ray's ready to sleep on his couch in his office. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> My brother's like, I'm about it. <laughs> Nah, but that's, that's, man, that is a point that is so important, bro. And I'm glad you told that story because we'll wrap it up here. But the amount of humility, the amount of self uh, idealization that you have to have to say, I lost it. Mm -hmm. Things went left. And I start over with the same thing, but just in a different, better, faster, that's what you said, better, faster, stronger way. Mm-hmm. And 
that's what entrepreneurship is because it goes like this and 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 it goes like this. But you have to stay like this and understand your skill set, your self-worth, your self-identity, it never changes. The money in that at the end of the month might change, it might go up, it might go down, but you remain the same. Thanks for being on the podcast today, Ray. I think that people got a lot of jewels. Appreciate it. Where can they find you on social media? Just go ahead and give you tags real quick. At Ray Genio on everything. R-A-Y-G-E-N-I-O. Search me on YouTube. Running with Raymond. Find my ceramics brand. Raisondetra.us. Yeah, we'll talk about that other stuff later because this is just like, you just got 5% of me. Yeah. Yeah, if we would talk about all Raymond does, just we'll be here for a minute. We'll be this would be an eight hour podcast. I'll be like, yo, fucking, this is an introductory course and shit. Um, But yeah, uh, I I think what's important is understanding you, understanding where you want to be, and then making it happen, guys. So that's the episode for today, Millennial Podcast. Peace. Later.